Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is entitled Intersections. It's part of the World War Cthulhu Cold War series. Matthew Sanderson is our game master, and this is episode seven. Our recap will be given by Thomas McKeon as his character, Agent Steve Combs. So, without further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Thomas? Thanks, Tom. In the home of Lola Stanton, a former CIA agent who tonight throws a party for those in the game, Agent Steve Combs orders two martinis neat at the open bar. As the bartender prepares the drinks at the end of the bar, Combs clicks the tape recorder in his interior jacket pocket and leans forward against the bar. It's interesting what you'll do for information. One time, I befriended a Belizean ambassador, becoming one of his closest friends. I left after six months there, leaving him on the floor of his kitchen convulsing from the poison I placed in his drink. Tonight, I'm at a party. The party of one Lola Staten, an ex-CIA agent who turned social elite. How we got here is a bit of a story, but I'll keep it brief. I and the others have a lot to cover. At the university, Somerton, LeBeau, and I finished up our meeting with Miriam Coach. Miriam, according to her, was to act as a middlewoman between us and the priestess of Daloth, a woman named Aigu. According to her, she is hundreds of years old and may prove useful in our endeavors, both our friends' endeavors and my groups, of course. However, we're still a little paranoid. It's possible that the disciples of the Tesseract were not really our allies, that eventually we would indeed need to clean house of these cultists. But I have a feeling that can all be averted. That is, if our partners can be trusted. When we returned, Postgate was back from wherever he had run off to. Natalia and Eamon were back as well from the consulate, but I wanted to know specifically where Postgate ran off to. He explained that he simply willed himself out of the dream created by H and heard knocking at the door. When he opened it, he was met by a man and a woman. The man was an agent working with MIT, the Turkish National Intelligence Organization. His name was Solomon. I'm probably saying that wrong. I apologize. However, not only is he an agent with MIT, he's a professor of philosophy. And the woman? She's the same one who vanished outside the apartment just when we had woken up from our dream. A woman by the name of Bahidi Dermache. Dermache? I want to say it's that. I want to say it's that. She told Postgate that she was his associate. According to Postgate, all they did was have coffee. But I could see on Jacoby and Postgate's faces they were hiding something. I think we all know that. What Italian and Eamon discovered from their adventure at the consulate was a description given to them by Gail Bennett, uh, an operative here in Istanbul, that the supposed Adam that Pamela Courtney was looking for was, in fact, Vladimir Kazakov. Obviously, then, Kazakov has come into contact with the British in some fashion. Perhaps he's fielding offers for his information. It's something to consider and follow up on, after all. We are meeting Kazakov tomorrow at noon. 
we all went our separate ways at that point. I believe some of our group went to do looking into the Asari graveyard near Bosphorus University, the same place where Solomon worked. But I have yet to follow up with them on that. Instead, we found ourselves fashionably late to a party, the very party I'm attending with the others. Here tonight is our host, Lois Statton, Kyle Layton, Solomon, Vahidi Dermerchi, uh, Donaldson, and, strangely enough, Merton Bergansi, related in some way to Jacoby's assistant and the woman who kissed me, then gave me a note reading, Don't trust him. At first I thought she was meaning the Turk we met at Kalata Tower. Now I'm having other thoughts. I hope my partners are thinking the same thoughts as me. We will split up for now, going our various ways, speaking with the others. Hopefully this will be a nice party. And hopefully we get some answers. Click, and I take the two martinis, and I smile, and I'll walk back to the table where Bergazzi is surely waiting for me to get her her drink. Indeed, thank you very much then. Now that my button is uh, working on my mute. So, to recap then of where people are, uh, we've got Jacoby out on the balcony, out on the terrace, um, just though having overheard um, a line between uh, Vahidi and Suleiman. You've got uh, Lebeau and Somerton, I think, uh, or is it Lebeau? Lebeau and one other was staying in the crowd, kind of looking between people. Uh, Somerton and Sullivan, I think, had gone over to have a word with Leighton and Donaldson, who were both at the bar. Uh, that leaves Postgate and Vokulva. Whereabouts were you two? I was, I was actually... Uh, one of the ones that were was in the crowd. I was trying to um, listen out for for gossip or just any any name drops or something like that. Just trying to get some some basic information. Gotcha. Right. So yeah, you you doing similar to what the bow was doing. Postgate was speaking with Demir, kind of taking in his boring conversation and dishing out some of his own. That's it. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the MIT that agent wasn't intentionally what I was doing. I was just having a chat with him. So you're just a boring person, naturally. It would seem so, according to you. <laughs> yes. Oh, there was discussion about having a postgate skill on the sheet as to how to uh, <laughs> how to captivate someone in conversation. <laughs> right. In which case, um, I think we left it with Jacoby just having overheard uh, that line out on the balcony. We'll pick back up there then. All right. How how do you react? To the uh, to the statement that was made. Um. Well, I'm I'm most definitely surprised. Can I can I let's say do a um a roll to see if I keep my composure? <laughs> I think that's a good one. Yeah, give me a. Mm, I'm going to call it pow. pow it's, yeah. it's almost like, it's almost a willpower essentially. So. Uh, thirty-seven out of sixty. Yes, yeah, so your poker I, face is maintained. I, uh, I, uh, an eyebrow maybe goes up, but that's that's all. Um, and what was the statement again? Can you refresh our memory? Yeah, um, the statement was um, to the words to the effect of, "I don't care if the fishmen want their fucking pyramid; you can build it for them." Good. 
And was that yeah. Suleiman saying that to uh, Nahidi? Yeah. Nahidi. Um, I don't think I'm going to say anything, uh, but I'm going to heavily research these two people the first chance I get. Fair enough. They've been and what they've been doing and how they're related to this. But I'm not going to back away. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I smoke. So <laughs> I just put my fingers like this and stand on the, the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> Looking a little bit out of place. I probably have a drink. So I'm, I'm just standing there drinking. In which case then, um, you, uh, Lebeau and Vokova will probably notice this, um, that there is a man who... It's not been doing similar to what you've been doing, but it definitely seems to be moving around in the crowd without anyone particularly either to talk to or um, anyone hanging off his arm. He hasn't like got a dance partner or anything like that. Um, he heads out onto the terrace, and then as he's going, he reaches his hand into his pocket, pulls out a pack of cigarettes, and offers one up to Jacoby. Oh. Says, you look, um, you look like a man who's... Uh, well, trying to kick a bit of a habit there. Uh, no, actually, I don't drink, but thank you. For, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't smoke, but uh, thank you for offering. Ah. It's a beautiful, beautiful city. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, he's. Uh, he looks out over the um, over the balcony with a uh, yeah, bit of a wistful look in his eye. Um, he's definitely a a local uh, by the look of him, uh, dressed in a uh, fairly sharp, but but maybe a little little rough suit yeah he's got fairly fairly rugged appearance uh, probably in his late 40s early 50s I'm sorry uh, I, I, I shake his hand Dr. Jacoby oh pleasure he shakes uh, relatively uh, with a relatively good uh, with force um, Hyriak Zambak okay and uh, having lived in the uh... Turkey for a while. I probably know exactly how to spell that. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, H A Y R I, the first name A K Z A M B A K, for the surname. Uh, it's a name you'll rec uh, you'll recognise, especially in circles that you moved in. He's the chief of police. Oh, Hari. Uh, so Hari's his first name. Yep. Ah, uh, enjoying the party. Yes, yeah, it's a uh, it's a nice crowd to come to um, come to rub shoulders with every so often. Uh, it's good to know what um, people in your um, in your circles are doing in my in my town. You're uh, you're in law enforcement. Yes, that's a uh, that's a very um, bland way of putting it, but yes. I, I tend to see myself more as a um, a civil servant. I think is a, a nicer way of putting it. Yeah. Now, how well, is it? How is it? They say on the other side of the Atlantic to um, to protect and serve. Yeah, you, you're you're dedicated to making sure everything goes peacefully, and that's an admirable an admirable job. He nods. <laughs> I myself am most interested in unlocking the secrets of nature. He, he raises I'm, an eyebrow. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a biologist. A biologist? Oh, okay, I wasn't expecting to meet uh, a scientist at, uh, at one of uh, Miss Stanton's 
uh, parties? Well, I'm actually part of a, a, a larger group of people that's here to uh, help facilitate uh, some trade agreements between uh, 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 two different uh, organizations. I, I'm just here as a consultant mostly on certain aspects of that. Okay, so purely, purely trade more. <laughs> <laughs> so purely trade then, not uh, mainly business rather than anything um, extra. Yeah. Oh, good to know, good to know. Um, he slips the uh, cigarette back in his pocket. Well, I'd best be uh, moving around. I've got a few people to speak to, but no, good to, uh, good to meet you, Doctor. Enjoy the party. He nods and he wanders off towards the bar. It's about that time that as uh, Robert is almost like an island in the, uh, the mass of people moving around him, that you do see um, Lola gliding through the crowd towards you. Uh, a martini glass in one hand, just shaking her head and saying, this, 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 she points at you, this just won't do. If, if you're going to stand on the dance floor, sir, you have to have a dance. Am I on the dance floor? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, well, she uh, pretty much puts, she just hands almost with perfect timing the martini glass to a the passing wait, uh, waiter, puts it on the tray, uh, and then just pretty much invites with one arm, uh, one arm cupped and the other arm extended. Yeah, absolutely. I will, I will dance with Lola. Okay. Yeah, um, she, she may be uh, a little bit, uh, say uh, she's retired technically, um, a little bit out of it in terms of the spy game, but she's still, she's still got some moves. <laughs> um, she, uh, she doesn't like, throw you around the dance floor, but she does, uh, um, she does certainly give you a good workout as you're moving around there. I, I am a rather short man. Is she tall? Is she like tossing me around she, like a ragdoll? She is. Let's give a quick comparison. What's your size? Uh, I think it's 45. Okay, you might be comparable. Your face just comes up right level. <laughs> with her uh, she's necklace. <laughs> she is just a fraction uh, larger. She's fifty. Okay. So yeah, so com comparable. <laughs> yeah, she she's quite happy to uh, to swing around, uh, listen uh, to the string music. To say there's a string quartet uh, that's accompanying the accompanying dance. So it's quite a nice formal affair. It's not like uh, not like a disco. It is a bit more uh, refined. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that leaves uh, Volkova pretty much the only person that's uh, able to be a stationary spotter um, in that case. Uh, you, you, you do hear the occasional snippet coming from um, Barris and Postgate. They, they seem to be getting on a bit like a house on fire. Yeah, there's, it's, it's almost like there's two of them there. Uh, there's the clones of one another. Two peas in a pot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. And we've got a, uh, hmm? nobody else has talked about saying anything really interesting. Any of the other guests, Maybe yeah, this it, keep my, my interest. It all seems to be fair, fairly normal. Um, there's, there's that little snippet of a conversation that happened out on the balcony, and you can get that it seemed for a brief second it got not heated, but definitely Suleiman looked a little bit frustrated with Vahidi, but then it was then that's just it's gone. Okay. Um, and then otherwise from that everyone else seems to be having a 
having a fairly good time. There's lots of drinks that have been passed around. You have multiple waiters and waitresses come by um, offering you a um, something from their trays. Okay. But yeah, otherwise it seems normal. Okay. Now, you can give me a spot hidden role, though, because you're about the only person that's stationary, not engaged or distracted by anyone else. Who, who's the boring guy at Postgate's talking to again? Uh, Barris, he is the MIT agent that was mentioned by Suleiman to Postgate in his coffee discussion. I got a 52 out of 60. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Um, in which case, uh, that's just a regular success, yes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you have a good look around here, and there's, it's a nice um, coving ceiling that's here. It's all very well... Um, very well decorated. Again, very, very nice, very upper class. Lots of places to hide bugs, but you can't see any. Hmm. But you say it's prime location if there was going to be some here. But say so they, if they are here, they're very well hidden. Okay. You can't see any. Can't see. I got you. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, I don't have any. I don't have any of uh, my own personal equipment like that. To set up something to slip behind a counter or under a table or something, but um, okay, um, it's good to know for future reference, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, all right, well, I'll I'll, I'll just continue to um, just party. I'll I'll have a few drinks and um, yeah, I'll I'll uh, keep my eyes out basically. Okay, yeah, so if if anything is about to happen, I'll give you the um, the spot hidden chance then. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Like I was say, Postgate's getting on like a house on fire with Barris. Is there anything specifically you want to um, ask him about? You're quite happy to just make general conversation? Um, I'll keep steering him back towards the, 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 the topic of um, political extremism mm -hmm. and um, cults. Yeah, he's... He's not really clued in, um, as far as you can tell, with uh, the occult scene. Um, it seems a bit outlandish. He doesn't really pay it much, uh, not to say respect, but he doesn't pay it much uh, credence or validity. It's not something that really he thinks warrants coming up on his radar. Um, mm. He makes the offhand comment that um, I don't need to waste my time with a bunch of clowns dressing up in robes um, when I've got more tangible real problems that I've got to deal with when, when he then quite happily goes on about student ex um, the student extremists in, in terms of politics um, he doesn't really think there's that the political scene is much of a worry other than on the left wing and um, that that's the only place that he's going to see any political extremists come from and even then, most of it um, is under the guise of anti-American or anti-Vietnam protests. Well, that's that's hardly surprising. Um, Turkish society has always veered heavily towards the right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially with the likes of the various military coups that have happened over the years. Mm. Um, that pretty much almost the military doesn't quite run the country, but it could be seen as, in, in a way, at least pulling the strings. But yeah, he's quite happy to to discuss the lay of the land as he sees it, but he doesn't really tell you anything new apart from what say, you've already discussed with Suleiman that he knows about um, there being a problem in the student body that they are I most... Wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mention it to him, you know, but 
my understanding is that Turkey is well as it is now is is very much what we might describe as uh, a managed democracy. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think he would disagree. I think that's the euphemistic term for for their, their model of government. All right. But yeah, uh, after uh, after a short while, um, he he evidently seems to have quite enjoyed the conversation. He looks at his watch, um, notices um, Azenbach. Um, on the other side of the room, the two kind of lock, don't quite lock eyes, but definitely there is a, um, they've seen each other. Um, he makes his apologies and saying, I've, unfortunately I've got a, uh, somewhat of a, I say informal meeting I need to attend. So if, um, if you don't mind, he extends a hand. It was very, very nice to meet you. And hopefully if you, uh, if you find yourself down uh, near the tourism police station, um, down by the, um, on the south side of the city, uh, then you're quite happy to pop in. I'm there most most days. Or if you're around by one of the consulates, I'll probably bump into you there. Yes, yes, that sounds quite equitable. Yes, it was very nice to meet you. Yes, pleasure. Take care. Yeah, he nods and then heads heads onto the other side of the room. Uh, this prompts for Somerton and um, O'Sullivan. There's a Again, a bit of a colour drains out of the face of Donaldson as he realises that Postgate's on his own now. <laughs> he says, um, by God, please, no earwax. <laughs> so anyway, um, generally he turns quickly to you, attempting to look busy. So how, how has your day been? Uh, how are you, find, are you finding the city well? Um, business going well, I trust? Is this Donaldson or Leighton? Uh, they're both together. It's Donaldson that's asking. Uh, which one's Leighton? Um, Leighton is your sta um, station, station chief. chief. Yeah. Okay. Whereas Donaldson is head of station for SIS. For SIS, okay. I thought we, do we sit separate? Yeah, I'm next to them and you you hit the bar down a little bit, down from okay. us, you know, maybe three to five feet away, I think. Yeah, it's, it's close enough that obviously he will notice that you're there. Mm -hmm. And he is desperately attempting to bring you into the conversation to provide at least some degree of collateral ablative armor. I think Eamon just kind of like smiles like a knowing smirk and just takes a long drag on a cigarette and then doesn't say anything <laughs> at the moment. Especially if, especially if Ian begins speaking, right? No, so. no cover provided, right? Nope. Not yet. Uh, I actually uh, open up my suit jacket and I take out a very nice Waterman fountain pen and I have one of my business cards and I write on the back of it, Tumush Kundasi, mm -hmm. and then Bennett, and then I hand my card to Leighton. Oh, okay. Yep, he, he has a look, he nods and slips it into his pocket. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then I order another bourbon. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. So the um, the bartender quite happily fix, uh, fixes up drinks. Yeah, uh, Leighton and Donaldson are quite happy to uh, make small talk between you, even if it's uh, going very uh, very British direction of conversation, like saying, "Isn't the weather really good today? Yeah, not not too cloudy. Everything." How about spinning. that cricket match? <laughs> no. How about the darts match that was on the BBC the other day? Or... Oh, Leighton at that point rolls his eyes and says, God, cricket, it's like watching paint dry. <laughs> uh, 
which point that gives Donaldson something quite happily to correct him about and saying how it is an art form, how it is a <laughs> national pride and pastime, that it's a, it's a skill, and he promptly goes on full, uh, full cricket in uh, steam. He goes full postgate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool, he went full postgate on that cricket subject. And Anne Henry has gone out onto the balcony to miss it completely. There we go. <laughs> My postgate rating just went up by one d six. Okay, out here. I'm going back inside. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, you, you walk inside to a very well, not loud but very definite, um, passionate conversation about cricket being uh, discussed over at the bar. As it's pretty, I think you and postgate are pretty much doing that as you're you're going in as he's heading outside. Mm-hmm. Um. I think, I don't know, I, I, I'm strongly desirous to go over and talk to Vahidi, um, just chat her up, but uh, I'm also nervous about that because she was part of that conversation and I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, how do you broach the whole fish man subject, you know? There's you just people? <laughs> just, you know, do you mention sushi? Is there some sort of entry there? It's, yeah, it's very, very difficult conversationally. Or everything she says, you say, wow, that's a deep one. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> So I'm I'm him hawing. I'm uh, I'm thinking about talking to her, and I keep giving her the eye, but I, I I don't seem to be able to go over and talk to her. Are you coming across as shy or stalkery? I hope I'm not coming across <laughs> creepy, but I probably am. <laughs> okay, give uh, give me a luck roll. Oh. <laughs> uh, sixty-one. What's my luck? My luck is only 50. Oh, creepy it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You you see her notice those, uh, you you kind of lock eyes on one particular look. And it's, oh, yeah, that maybe wasn't so so good. Mm. Jacoby just needs to remember to blink more often when he's... uh... (laughs) Especially where when she caught me, I just sort of went, oh. Yeah, she she doesn't take that as an invitation to come over. Mm. That's not your come hither look. No. <laughs> Whereas, um, but um, Bert Garzi and uh, Combs seem to be getting on fa- uh, fairly well. Uh, there's a good number of uh, glasses uh, seeming to be making their way to the table. She can drink like a fish. Um, yeah, she she is packing it away, to say the least. That's fine. I imagine I'm, you know, I can handle my alcohol. So I'm imagining I'm, I'm keeping pace, if not just, a, you know, a little, a lagging a little bit behind her. Um, so, and I, and I take a sip of my drink and I say, so what brings you here? I don't, I didn't imagine you being involved in the game. Oh, well, she leans, uh, puts an elbow on the table and leans forward. I like to play various games. I can play one game with one hand. I can play one game with the other. She's sloshing around a martini glass as she says that. Um, yeah, I, I, I like to think I can multitask. Yeah. Um, 
I'm most mostly in town though, looking at for opportunities, um, seeing if anything's coming up, um, but also looking for some, um, let's say, um, rela relations. I think that's probably a uh, a good way of putting putting it. I kind of uh, lean forward and I uh, tuck my feet under uh, the table, uh, reaching out for her, her foot. I say, what kind of relations? Well, you know, people that, uh, yeah, you can see that she's evidently thinking about something while, while she's saying it's either searching for words or some other, something else is going through her head. Um, yeah, let's say different branch of a, of a very similar wider family, a, bit, a business family. That um, I heard they um, they went quiet very recently, and I'm trying to find out what's happened to them. Well, I hope that uh, your family uh, is getting better. Um, I. Uh, I kind of give a, a very wide smile, and I and I say, uh, you know, your uh, your your last name. You happen to share it with uh, with uh, my my associate over there, and I point in the general direction of Jacoby because uh, I don't know where he is currently. Oh, um, you see that he's just come in. I say you 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 share a name with uh, his uh, assistant. Is that? Uh, are you brother or sister? Cousins? Um, she looks a little quizzical. Um, I don't know a Jacoby. I, uh, what, what, what's his assistant's name? Um, let me pull that up, because I had it, because I did a little bit of investigating. Let's see. It's down here. Demir Bergazi. Um, she, she doesn't quite drop the glass in her hand. But definitely puts it down on the table. Um, yeah, I, mean, I haven't talked to my brother for a long time, but I, I do have a brother called Demir. Yeah. Um, how long are you in town for? That uh, is, you're you're in town on business and looking for relations. Um, I'm, I'm here as long as it takes. She suddenly seems to get a bit more sober and a bit more focused rather than the uh, kind of playful attitude that she had. And I, and I smile um, at that. Uh, can I uh, also ask, uh, what's your connection with, uh, what was his name? Uh, the talent scout. Oh, uh, Freur. Yes, Benjamin. Oh, well, he's come in town looking to, um, I think, looking to settle an old score. Um, just I've dealt with some associates of his um, back in Paris a little, um, a little while ago. Um, it just happened. I just recognised him. He recognised me. We got talking. Um, in fact, also then turns out that um, Majash had also pointed him in my direction as well after we'd met. So, yeah, it uh, seems like a lot of people have come here looking for someone or something. Interesting. And I lean forward again, and I kind of uh, 
take her hand and uh, I say, isn't isn't it interesting that uh, that you came to Galata Tower at the same time me and my uh, me and my associates were there. How did you know we were there? Were you following me? Um, she she smiles cheek, uh, cheekily and just look, looks you in the eye for what would be an, a good couple of seconds. Okay. Um, how... If, if you're working for... Benjamin. Um, well, I'm w- looking for in the term that he is not my boss; he is a client. Yes. It, it, so, so you're freelance. I, I call myself more of an ambassador. <laughs> okay, um, that's fine. I mean, me personally, I uh, I've wanted to get into the freelance game for a while now, but you know. When you when you get stuck with the CIA, you kind of get stuck with them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she she nods. I uh, lean forward and I say, uh, perhaps we should. Uh, and my, and with my, I kind of uh, put my hand under her hand and kind of clasp it. Maybe we should get out of here and discuss uh, some business and some pleasure then. Okay, she she nods at that. I'd be, I'd be up for that. Perhaps we can talk more about Benjamin and your work, and uh, we can just have a, a time to a time for ourselves. Yeah, she that she happens. nods and picks up a glass again. Uh, and I kind of uh, stand up, and I, uh, I'll, I'll I'll take my coat, which is on the back of my seat, and as I'm doing so, um, I'm going to look up at. Jac- Kobe, um, and uh, and I'm just gonna give him. I'm gonna give him a smile. It's not a sly smile. It's not a cocky smile. But there's something there. It's um, it's not necessarily friendly either. But uh, I'm gonna take my coat. I'm gonna uh, walk to uh, Bergazi and I'm gonna say. Uh, to your place? Yeah, she she gives a wide smile at that. Yes, yeah, and I, the uh, the bed at the Para Palace is big enough, so yeah, I think that would be that would be fine. And I chuckle at that and I say, "You've had uh, one too many drinks." Uh, <laughs> and uh, and I'll lead her to uh, the door. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of, I'm sure I'll I'll look at Eamon as I walk out. Thumbs up. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay, uh, we uh, that will uh, we'll draw a veil over that for the moment. Anyway, yeah, uh, that that depends on really whether you want that conversation to happen on on the air, shall we speak, or uh, shall we say, or do you want that to be a private scene later? Oh, I don't know. Do you, I mean it's it's really up to you, Matthew. I, I love open games. I'm quite happy for, for for that discussion to go down. Just obviously, no one else will. Um, hear what is but no one else will know in character what's being said yeah i mean we could also force them to take off their headphones <laughs> we we do that in a lot of games uh 
but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when, when mm-hmm. this is done. I've separated myself from the group. I'm going to go do my thing. I'm sure. going to go have you know, fun on my own. It's biology. We understand. I understand biology. <laughs> you can give me, um, as you leave, though, you can give me um, an int roll. Because there's one thing. It's not going to be a spot hidden. You're going to blatantly see it when you head outside. But oh, it's whether okay. you realize its significance or not. Okay. Well, let's take a little look. Sorry, my character sheet is has been buried underneath all of my work stuff. There it is. Okay. My intelligence is an 80, so let's roll some dice really quick. And 72. Okay. Um, as you head outside then, as mentioned, it's a circular courtyard where you've got cars coming to and from. So there's a couple which are parked up around the edge of the courtyard. So people that are probably expecting to be picked up fairly soon and then will drive off. Um, You see one car. It's a uh, long black sedan. Not quite stretched enough to be a limo, but um, kind of definitely a stretched car anyway. Um, With a man leaning against the door, dragging on a cigarette. He looks rugged, to say the least, um, dressed in a... um, open um, a shirt with his collar open um, you can see a jacket that's leaning out of the window you recognize him um, he was at the Galata Tower I mentioned him very briefly uh, when I said that as you were looking around the room um, that there was a guy that was um, stood over in one co- um, or sat over in one corner near the bar that had a couple of girls either side of him that had not a face like thunder but he had a very, he had this very rough rugged uh, face and expression. He's very recognisable and he's here now. Um, he's He watches you come out of the door, but doesn't really do anything else other than just watch and then return his attention back to a cigarette and keeping an eye on whoever comes out the front door. Um, okay. I will um, I'll, I'll, I'll stop and I'll say uh, Nurton, though you're not safe to drive, clearly. Why don't you pull the car around really quick? Um, I'm just going to have a smoke. Sure. Um, she she starts, well, not staggering off, but definitely walks slowly off towards one of the uh, one of the staff who would then be able to go and get the car for him. So she hands over keys and so forth, and then one of the other guys toddles off. I'm While she's off doing that, I'm going to uh, take out... Um, I'm going to pull out a cigarette. I'm going to approach the man. Mm-hmm. Um... And I'm going to uh, kind of smile at him and just kind of hold up my cigarette uh, light. He looks at you for a second. Uh, you see one eyebrow slightly raised above the other. And then he reaches into his pocket and pulls out a lighter. Uh, and I uh, kind of hold out the cigarette. Yep, he, he lights. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a drag uh, and uh, I'll let it out and I'll kind of chuckle letting the smoke out, and I say, uh, you here for the party? Not me. Not you? Are no, you, uh, are you a, a, a driver, then? Um, he nods. I, I am tonight, I think. Well, who's, uh, where are you driving? Probably not Donaldson or any of them. He cocks his head. Donald, who is Donaldson? Oh, you don't know Donaldson? Um, well, it, it, that's an important. Uh, who are you? Uh, 
who are you uh, asked to bring? Yeah, my, my employer, uh, Mr. Um, my mind's gone blank for a sudden. Uh, Mr. Egmeche. Oh, the, the professor. Yes. Yes. You know, it's almost as if he had trouble processing the word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how's his English? Good? It's passable. It's kind of low-end conversational. That's that's fine. Um, I have a. What is um? It's what? It's not fluent. It's the step below fluent. Um, yeah, con- conversational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, conversational. What is the? Mine's uh, my Turkish is a thirty-five percent. Oh, easily. Yeah, you can you can definitely converse with him without without any problem in Turkish. Okay. Well then. Okay. Um. So then I'll say in Turkish. Um. Yeah. Uh, it seems that the professor and his uh compatriot are having quite a good time in there uh though i don't know their exact uh their, the nature of what they're doing here at this party a professor here doesn't make any sense oh yeah yeah he suddenly he's a little bit surprised that you speak turkish um but he he definitely warms up a little bit um he's um he's a little bit surprised when you say they're having a good time um he says well i'm well, yeah, I'm very surprised at that. I didn't think he wanted to come in the first place. He's He's got a lot on his plate. So he's, to be honest, I'm surprised he's wasting the evening coming out here when he's got so much work to do. I'm going to uh, guess that, you know, you're, yeah, I'm going to guess you're not a driver. I kind of chuckle at that. Um, he, he's, uh, yeah, he smiles, but I am tonight. Yeah. Uh, student? <laughs> um, no. Um Let's just say I'm working off a debt. Oh. Uh, and I, and I kind of chuckle and say, well, so am I. And, uh, well, what oh, you yeah. saved you, saved you too? I say mm, a little bit of one. Um, do you know the, the, the nature of the party and who all is here? He just shakes his, he shakes his head. I've seen lots of men, women, mostly men, Going inside, coming out. This this seems a a distraction, a irrelevance in the grand the grand scheme of things. There are there are far better, far more useful things to be doing with the what time we have. Time. Uh, well, if you well, if you don't know uh, who all is here, then probably I, I shouldn't tell you the debt. And I kind of uh, smile at that and uh, say, well. You, uh, you have a, a, a good night, sir. I, I, I smile. Because uh, I imagine that the car is pulled around by now. Yep, I'd say it's just coming around. Yes, I, um, I will. I'll have a good night. You, you too. I'm going to um, hold out my hand. And what I've done is I've, I've reached into my pocket and I've uh, I put a card in my hand. I say, mm-hmm. uh, and I just kind of hold out my hand to shake. Sure. Yep. He takes it. All right. I slip it in, and, uh, and I say, "Have a good evening." And I, I smile and uh, just take one long drag and throw off the cigarette. And I'll you take too. The, and I'll take the car, the, the car keys from uh, the, the valet because Bergazzi is not driving. Nuh-uh. <laughs> get the passenger seat. Okay. Yep. She she salutes. 
and then gets around to the side of the car and moments later you're driving off. All right. That ends me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That'll take you out of the picture for a little bit. Um, everyone else, um, this is pretty much going to go like a normal party. There's not really any major bangs or events that are going to get um, that are going to get thrown in. It's very much um, if you want to um, talk with um, any of the NPCs, then that's that's down to you to uh, to make that move. Otherwise, things are going to nicely progress. There's lots of small talk. It's lots of um, you're getting to know people and seeing that they're here. Kind of the circles that they move in. Um, do you guys maybe want to group together at one point, uh, get round a table and discuss plans of action? How, how would you want to play it? Mm, should we do that here, though? I mean, it's... I mean, if it's just going to be kind of a boring, a boring yeah. party, I'd rather us, you know, go back and have a nightcap on the roof. I'm, I'm okay with that as well. Um, with, with one other thing... Uh, since I can't, since I'm, I'm reluctant to uh, approach uh, Vahidi, I'm going to uh, wander around for a bit and I'm going to end up over by uh, Suleiman. Mm -hmm. And um, were there any kind of introductions? Would I know that he's a professor at the uh, university? Uh, there weren't any introductions done like at the front door, no one was uh, proclaimed as and in walks, blah. Could we um, say I maybe heard somebody over say something to him that would lead me to believe that he was a professor at the university? Um, Jacoby, uh, Postgate told you last episode. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, um, after saying about this is the uh, coffee session that I had with him, yeah. So what my purpose is, is I just want to get to know the person and uh, become friends so that later on we can have other conversations and gotcha okay right um, in which case you walk over to him um he is uh, drinking a glass of water as it happens not and um, not any alcohol um he sees you coming um raises his glass there's good evening oh not much of a drinker i see Oh no! I, I I like to drink when when I can. Just unfortunately, I'm a rather busy man, and I've got a few hours' work I need to do when I get back to uh, get back to the office. Ah, I so heard I, somebody uh, in the room mention that you were uh, uh, Professor uh, Ekmichi. Yes, yeah, he, he sends a hand. You have me at a disadvantage. I'm sorry. I'm Doctor uh, Doctor uh, Jason Jacoby, um, hmm. uh, biology. Pleasure. Uh, you can give me a psychology roll. All right. When he says that. Uh, where's my psychology? My psychology is 15. I got 40, 48. Ah. Okay. Um, you are fairly sure he already knew your name before you came over. When he said, oh, that's a pleasure to meet you. That No, he already knew your name. Ah, okay. Um, are you enjoying the party? Um. As said, I've got a lot of work to do. Um, I'm not much of a party person, to be honest, um, especially when I'm rather preoccupied. So I just like to... Uh, I got the invitation. I didn't particularly want to say no. I didn't want to rustle any feathers or upset anyone. So I just... I turned up. Um, I've mingled, but I'm probably going to be calling it a night fairly short. Fairly ah. short. 
I completely understand. Uh, uh, I'm not as I'm not uh, really happy unless I'm doing some research and uh, working on that myself. And parties, I've neither here nor there. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, this is uh, very much the uh, the research stage of a project we're working on at the moment. So most Ooh. of the, uh, ironically enough, most most of the practical has already been done. It's now just uh, playing a bit of a waiting game. Making making sure we've got all of our research in order. We've been doing some interesting research on marine biology in the area. Um, some fascinating things about flukes that we're uh, we're working on at the moment. Oh. He he raises an eyebrow. I wasn't uh, uh, knowing that uh, Lola had branched out into biology. That seems a very oh, old. No. Actually, area. that's that's not the reason why I'm here. Uh, I'm with a, uh, I was called in as a consultant uh, for a group that's doing some sort of trade negotiations. Um, a lot of it's very hush-hush, so I, I'm not really allowed to discuss it, but they uh, seem to need a biologist for some reason to, uh, to be involved, and uh, I've yet to, uh, I've yet to be involved. <laughs> no, that's, that's fair, that's fair. Yeah, he, he definitely nods. Kind of scratch, scratching his chin. Probably to verify the freshness of, you know, fish or something like that. I have no <laughs> idea. But like how how tasty they are. Yeah. How yeah, how tasty they are. How well they can prepare them in the in the shops. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Uh, I'm much much more of a um, a red meat kind of person. Oh yeah. Uh, some of the lamb that they cook in the, the restaurants. I forget the area that you told me where they have all the really nice restaurants. I'm like, so oh, yeah, but on I'm, the um, up on the main side of the Bosphorus, yeah. Really fantastic. I love this cuisine. Yeah. There's, um, he can raise a hand because there's, uh, there's a lovely restaurant I know um, at Leander's Tower, um, recently been converted. Obviously, the um, one of the landmarks of the city. Um, it's still in the process of uh, renovation at the moment, but uh, when it back when it opens back um, back up again, and if they keep the same uh, same cooks there, I definitely recommend a visit. Really? Well, I'll I'll make a note of that. That sounds fantastic. Um, Hopefully, it shouldn't be too long before the before the place is back open. Well, that's wonderful. Um, anyways, I, I don't want to waste time in our game. I'll just say that. We have conversation like that pretty much. Sure, yeah. All right, in which case then, shall we, um, we're happy to um, cut forward to the, um, the top of your apartment? Yeah. Yep. Okay, uh, the only thing that happens then when, um, when as you leave um, is that, see, Lola comes over and says, thank you very much for, uh, for attending. Um, hope you got to meet some new friends. Hope you got, uh, got to see a bit of the lay of the land here. Um, I have these um, these events fairly regularly, um, so you're more than welcome to drop by any time, especially if you need any help with uh, my former um, line of employment. And otherwise, then we cut to the top of the um, the top of the apartment. All right, yours. Eamon's drunk. <laughs> <sighs> no, no. <laughs> Someone like him. And where is Steve? 
Steve is not with you. He is conspicuous <laughs> in his absence. I do believe he um, was successful tonight in other endeavors. Yes, I'm the biologist. He's not the one supposed to be practicing biology while we're working. But <laughs> we're all allowed to do research our own way. <laughs> International relations. <laughs> so what did we all find out? That they mix a good gin and tonic. That's all I got. I found out that Donaldson and Leighton are quite boring and love, you know, have an extreme disagreement when it comes to cricket. <laughs> but they have good bourbon. Well, as long as we're laying the seeds of future relationships with these people so that we can put the screws to them and find out what they know. Oh, it's, it's a necessary evil. You know, there's drinking and, you know, diplomacy at all levels here, so... Well, I had something strange. I overheard something strange, and I don't know what to make of it at this point in time. But uh, Professor uh, Suleiman uh, Ekmechi from the Bosporus University, who I I chatted up, and I've tried. I'm going to try to make friends with him. He was in a conversation with Miss Vahid Demir Demirji. This has, I don't know how it's pronounced. Um, Close enough. He said he seemed irritated with her. And in his irritation, he said something to the effect of, I don't care if you build the pyramid for those fish people. Was he speaking English or Turkish? Uh, was he speaking English or Turkish? Uh, he would have been speaking Turkish at the time. And then the cigarette just like droops in Eamon's mouth. And, and I, I assume Tom has a high enough Turkish to not misunderstand. Yeah, but he's been he's been there. He's been based in Istanbul for long enough. I should hope exactly. he's got a good degree yeah. in Turkish. <laughs> That's some. Come um, again. You, you heard people. what I heard. Fishmen, fish people. It 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 may lead into the research of what. I'm looking into. However, I could have misunderstood. For all we know, he's talking about building a, a, a factory for the people working in the fish markets. Um, but it certainly sounded, it sounded very strange to me. Fishy. And so I'm trying to get, it smelled fishy. Yeah, it could uh, be a fishery or a fish latter. Or that, that's why I want to get to know these people a little bit more. I really wanted to uh, discuss with uh, Vahidi, uh, but I, I seemed very, very intimidated for some reason. I I couldn't quite approach her. I'm afraid I might have given her the creeps. What if, if we, told you, we told you about blinking more often. <laughs> uh Matthew, if I make an occult roll against this fish people thing, any possibilities there? Uh, you, you, the more likely skill is Cthulhu Mythos. Cthulhu Mythos, I, I, I have a three. So, you know. It's possible. The, oh, anything <laughs> well, is possible. Anything I've, is possible. I've discussed with you already that the, yes. my suspicions of the Ichthyandrians. Jacoby, maybe the next time you want to speak to them, take me along. 
Oh, there's well, a wing man. If, if, if they do exist in the way that we, we imagine they do, then uh, it might, we might have an advantage there. I did save one of their lives. Yeah. Well, I remember. Yeah, this is, this is straight up 46 talk here as opposed to CIA talk, definitely. Yeah, this is 46 talk. Mm -hmm. um, How did you do on the mythos roll? It was a three. Come on. I've got 1% in Greek and then roll 1%. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, could spend, I could spend some luck, but, or, you know. Mm-hmm. This isn't, enough, pulp, this isn't pulp Cthulhu. <laughs> yeah, you don't regain it that quick. Exactly. So you're, you're, you're incredulous as to what I might be hinting at. Very much so. Very much so. I mean, I've been in 46 for a while, but still, fish people, stranger things have happened, but. Well, Eamon's ears like perked up like a dog's, and then not anything else. You just kind of, all right, is there anything else useful, or is it time to get some shut eye? Well, that's that's what I learned. I don't know what any of you learned. I suppose maybe you just walked around and had a party. <laughs> it was nice to see Bob on the dance floor, I will say. I haven't seen him do that in years. Lowell was a good dancer. Especially under duress. <laughs> he was under her dress? What? <laughs> what Where's Henry? Did, did somebody... Did Hen I assume Henry came with us and he's Yeah, he, he's there. Hmm. All right, well I just chatted with a fellow I met. All right. I don't Nat have Natalia, anything from you? Nothing. Nothing from me. Um couldn't pick up anything. Um, nothing interesting. Everybody's just party. So, well, you're Well, we'll see what Steve comes up with tomorrow. But uh, and tomorrow's kind of a big day with uh, Kazakov. So let's get some shut eye, get some good rest, get up, stay frosty, be on our best. Pep talk over. Well, I wish sweet dreams to everybody. I go to bed thinking about my I think that would remind me at least of that one that one night that we talked about right that history that's something you probably think of as he drifts off mm -hmm. yeah Eamon's out okay I, I stand for a while on the on the roof and just clear my thoughts and think about things and then I go, go to bed in which case you all head off to bed so for the last two nights you've had some rather strange dreams let's say third time's a charm blissful oblivion nothing interrupts you <laughs> so you wake, you wake up in the morning with a full uh, or would wake up in the morning with a full point of uh, full magic points being refreshed mm. but there are two things i need to do before we get round to morning um, is, is first one all magic points are restored yeah, when you, when you get to the when you get to the morning, there will be one thing that happens before well morning for you guys. But also, we need to have a little chat with Steve. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm quite happy to um, go with the majority here. I don't mind if everyone listens in on the conversation. 
because it's I don't like players sat there not doing anything. It might you might be amused at what how, how this conversation goes. You never know. Um, but if the majority wants to play it as a closed uh, conversation so that you don't hear what's happening, then by all means take your earphones off. Uh, otherwise, it's up to out. you whether you want us to know what you're telling him. Yeah, if you guys, uh, well, I, I think Matthew, a lot is going to come out in this conversation. Yeah, I think there's so, going to be a fair reveal here. Yeah. So, um, so if you guys don't want a metagame, or if you think you can't take them off, but if you're fine, you can listen well, in. The, the oh, other yeah. question is, is Steve, if you're going to relate all this to us? No. <laughs> I say we take our headphones off. I think it adds a little bit to it. Yeah. Where he knows something we don't, literally and figuratively. <laughs> okay. We, we can did. all play in the chat while they're... Uh... There you go. Play in the chat. We'll let you know. I'll give you a good com- couple of thumbs up, but this may, may take a few minutes. All right. Yeah, no worries. All right. Oops. So... All right. Back to the you head back to the Para Palace, uh, where you are shown through um, into obviously through the lobby with her. Um, by this point, any kind of pretense of her being drunk is evidently gone, um, and she leads you up to her uh, leads you up to her room. All right. Uh, opens the door um, just as you to go inside. Um, you see that the room is fairly sparse, but she has got a couple of. Um, suitcases and a couple of trunks that she's got with her. Um, one of the trunks is slightly open, and you can see that it is packed full of automatic weapon, uh, weaponry. I'm uh, so I'm just going to stop in the hall. Uh, as soon as she closes the door, I'm going to turn to her and say, uh, "Have you checked the room? Is it bugged?" <laughs> uh, she chuckles. Do you think I'm an amateur? Well, our, I'm glad that I'm glad you're not. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to, uh, there's a seat, I assume. Yeah, there's plenty around. Um, um, she, she perches on the end of the bed and there's a couple of seats by uh, the likes of a dresser. Okay. Uh, where there's a nice mirror beside it. So um, I guess I'm going to have a few questions for you and then you have a few questions for me and then we figure out what we're going to do. How long have you been working with, uh, with Samus, with our employer? Um, since he came to the Brotherhood. Um, asking for a few favors a couple of years back. Mm. So he's, I've met him in a few places now. Um, he's, he's a good guy. We, um, we don't have any confrontation with, uh, with the likes of Yig. So he's, say he's a good paying customer as far as mm. we're concerned. Yeah. I mean, how long have you been in the, uh, stealing antiques, selling them on the black market game? <laughs> uh, that's more of a sideline, to be honest. Um, I'm an ambassador for the Brotherhood, so I go between various organisations and various other. Um, I hate to use the word cults. Uh, let's just refer to them as organisations. Um, that's fine. But th- those who worship other lesser deities out there um, that are looking for muscle, looking for help, looking for dis- um, a disruptive influence to go and shake up an, um, a rival. And to be honest, frankly, I just like blowing shit up sometimes. Uh, I smile at that. I say, Bergazi, I think uh, you've won this man's heart over. I'm sure that you, I'm sure that from my little recordings, and I pull out the tape recorder, and I pop it open, and I throw it to her. Um, yeah, she I'm sure that you know that I am, 
Well, I mean, contract killer is a very, uh, I would say that's a derogatory term for what I do. But uh, special mm-hmm. operations is what we just call it in the CIA, so let's just call it that. Um, I mean, I've been doing this for since, you know, the war. Um, so, but, um, all right. So let's, let's, let's talk about this. So uh, you are, and I don't give a shit. I don't give a fuck about the Brotherhood of the Skin or the, the, or the yellow sign. I don't give a shit about Haster. I'm familiar uh, after working with Samus for as long as I have and all the artifacts he's asked me to get rid of uh, or mm-hmm. give to him. But so are you a member? You're, you're in the cult or yeah, organization. Sure. I'm, I'm an ambassador of the black man, yes. I thought they were all... Everything that we've heard and everything that I know um, is that they were wiped out. You're gone. No, the Brotherhood of the Skin is. And that's why I'm in town. Um, even though it's a lesser avatar of the Crawling Chaos that, that gave them their power and their patient deity, um, the Arthur is still interested to know when a potential useful tool goes missing off the board entirely. So that's my, the reason I've been sent here is to find out exactly what happened. And if there's profit to be made in it, then I'll make whatever profit I can. So you're literally the messenger of the messenger. Okay. Yeah. She, she <laughs> smiles at that. That's, that's nice and poetic. Yeah. You're the messenger of the messenger. All right. So then what does the yellow sign cult want to do down here? Are they, I'm, I'm going to, and if you're in, I thought we, it is, it is the understanding of, uh, of my group and I'll let, let them believe anything that you want me to let them believe. Um, I'm really just in this to, for one of, for two things, one to get paid and two to just make sure the world doesn't blow up. <laughs> so as long as, uh, as your group isn't the ones trying to blow shit up, that's fine. Or it isn't or, time yet. So why would we, yeah, like she just shrugs. Or alternatively, and I smile at her, alternatively, if you are the ones who are going to blow up, if you can give me a nice side deal um, to where I don't die uh, and everyone else does, that's fine with me too. I'm fine with that. Anytime you wish to embrace the crawling chaos, I can facilitate a meeting that will ensure that your heart is in the right place. Well, see, now that Samus said the same thing about Yig, you know, and he looks like he's got no nose now. He fell the fuck off. And he's got scales all over his goddamn body. <laughs> um, so, so you know, he accepts Yig. He turns into a snake. I accept a crawling chaos. I have patches all over my skin. I'm happy just being an agent. Very, very happy with just pleasing everybody and then taking my information from Forty Six and giving it to you. I'm good at being the mole. I'm fine with that. So, but like I said, I like I like I like not dying. So, mm-hmm. no, we we can for, if. As you sound like you are someone that would be particularly beneficial to our services, if it gets to a problem where you need our assistance, we would be able to offer it. All right. Well, um, well how about this? You know, you're clearly in town. You have clearly some vested interest in my group. What do you need me to do with them? Okay, I'll go back to that after I answer your first question because you asked about what the Brotherhood of the Yellow Sign were interested in in town. Sure. It looks like they came in um, after another group did. Um, the the phrase or the term I've been heard bounce around mainly out of Majash is uh, the disciples of the Tesseract. 
uh, they apparently moved into town after the Brothers of the Skin were, um, vanished. But it looks like then someone else has moved in or had already moved in by that point. Because when Freur turned up trying to talent scout, trying to find artists and performers that would go back to Paris and perform, the, uh, perform his little play, um, he got confronted and someone basically told him, get the fuck out of my city. And that's the person he wants to uh, wants to now have um, vendetta against. He's basically taking it as a personal slant that this guy has claimed the city is his, and he's fairly sure that he is playing for some some other deity out there. He's any, moving in some kind of circles, but we don't know who. Any you know any idea on who their patron is? I mean, Ithaca's a little too far north to be down here, so. Uh, uh, I've got a suspicion. Um, well, what do you know about Dayloff? Not too much. I mean, it's, a, it's surprising. I mean, um, I, I've never heard of him as an outer god, and I definitely don't think he's, he's a, a great old one. So I know nothing, basically. I've, I've read nothing about him. I've seen nothing about him. There's no artifacts connected to him. The, la the first interaction I've ever had with this being is in the Dreamlands. Mm -hmm. It's... I'm purely going out on a limb here. Okay. I think we have a rival ideology. Um, Dayloth is, from what I've been led to understand is a being which can foresee the future. It's connected in some way with time and space that it seems also to be a sentient shape. Um, and it's where they, they use the name Tesseract, that it exists in a, a two-dimensional object in a three-dimensional, four-dimensional space. What if you had some deluded, well, I was going to say infidel, you have some deluded cultist that worships someone like yogg -Sothoth. You have someone that turned. You have someone on the other side that claims that their god gives them power over space and time. That would be considered heresy. Yes, I mean, and it, not to mention, it, completely dangerous. Mm -hmm. you know. So, you think that this that you think that the tesseract is an avatar of the gate? No, no, no. Quite, quite the reverse. I'm thinking that it's it's an entity that has a limited command over time and space and that anyone who worships yogg sothoth would see that as heresy oh so you think that 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 a group worshiping the gate mm -hmm. is in town and that's who's targeting them so it's not the brotherhood of the skin that's surprising i would have thought that you people were the ones taking out the disciples no no we we heard that the fact that they the brotherhood the brotherhood of the skin had been taken out all in one night we assumed there was some kind of divinatory power being used here because how can you tell where a whole cult is that's been underground for years? It makes sense. You look into the future to find the point when they're most vulnerable. You look into the future to see the point when you could take them out. And when you're looking at time and space, immediately you think of the likes of Yogg-Sothoth. Right. Um, and I mean, well, that's why I immediately was beginning to suspect something with this Disciples of the Tesseract, because they, my, my partners brought up, oh, maybe they can't be trusted. I thought that they were the ones that wiped you out, because they, they, they have a being that can divine time, and if they can divine anything past, present, future, uh, then they have the ability to know where you all are, or mm -hmm. where they were. 
Um, but you actually believe that it, that someone is worshiping Yogg-Sothoth, that someone is uh, someone worshipped and, and divined this information and wiped you all out. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Well, wiped wiped them. I say. Um, yeah, you're not. You're, you're in the Brotherhood's camp. You're 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 a separate entity. That's that's <laughs> fine. I can understand that. Um, let's see here. Um, okay, so then let's let's. Now that I know, so now that I know what um, the the Brotherhood of the Yellow Sign is doing, they're they're in here settling vendetta. Um, Brotherhood mm-hmm. of the Skin isn't the ones trying to nuke the entire world. What about the black the the, the terrorists? Do they, you've got to have some connection. There's some connection with Narlathotep there. There has to be. Um, well, like I said, I've come in representing the Black Brotherhood and the Black Man, looking for who's taken out a. Another, another cult that worships an avatar of our god. There are rumours and whispers of our involvement in some greater ploy, but there are only whispers at the minute. I don't know. If, if I come across some information that says otherwise, that would be fantastic. But, I mean, this, this obviously, like the rest of this conversation doesn't go any further than these four walls. No, oh, of course. You and I are partners. That's that's how I see this right now. You and I are partners. I don't necessarily trust you, and I'm sure you don't trust me all the way either, but I, we're partners. Um, we work for... We are associated with the same man, and I'm... Allegiances are fluid, in my opinion. 46 is a means to an end. My partners are disposable. You are not disposable. Uh, I need you, and I think that you nec- you don't necessarily need me, but I think it'd make your life a lot easier. She smiles. Yeah. And that ties back into my second question. What mm-hmm. to do about the group? Section 46N. Um, I'm, still not ne- I'm still a little confused about the name. I thought that N would have meant Narlethotep, but it probably means an elder god. Was the- <laughs> Anyways. Um, they're clearly opposed to the Black Brotherhood, which, I mean, arms dealers love you. Um, clearly, I point to the suitcase. Yep. Um, well, let's go protected. <laughs> you keep people employed. That's fine. And I don't think that they... It, it's not time. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think everyone's blowing up anything. These Yogg-Sothoth people probably are. After all, they are saying... The, the, the disciples of the Tesseract say they want to open the gate. They want to bring something in. Sounds a lot like uh, like the key wanting to get in and destroy everything. So oh, and there, are plen- there are plenty of places that the city makes it perfectly reasonable to do such a thing here. I mean, you are at the intersection of East and West. Cultures collide here. Religions collide here. Politics collides here. Everything collides here. This is the city on the threshold. If anyone's going to start breaking down barriers, it's going to be here. It makes well, perfect sense. What do you want me to do with the others? We can continue this conversation uh, soon. I think tomorrow. Yeah. You, and, awesome. you and I, in my opinion, should pose as not a couple, but a, it's a fling, you know? Okay. I, I smile at that. But I need to know what to do long term with them. They, Jacoby especially is getting he's going to look into your brother I don't know if he's actually your brother and I don't care but he has the same name as you and you seemed uh, 
a little uh, spooked when I said it. Jacoby's looking into him. He's looking into you. What do I do? The, the fact that me and my brother popped out of the same vagina doesn't really bother me at all. It's, he is related by genetics, but he is not related to the grand scheme of what we are now, this, the higher calling that calls us. That's fine. It's just, I, it was just a bit of a surprise because I obviously haven't talked with him. I haven't met with him since I joined the Brotherhood. So it's completely coincidence. Yes, I, mean, I, I was born and raised here. I went to university here. I was recruited here. I'm, I've then been around the world and around, mostly around Europe and the Middle East ever since. But obviously it's kept family, she uh, does the inverted commas, out of the equation. All right, well. As, as for what to do with the rest of your group, um, given that you work in the intelligence services, you might be best positioned for this. As I said, that there were rumours and whispers, if you can confirm it and point me in a, good, a right direction, it would be nice to do some damage control. Because someone has been spreading word around, um, particularly in the likes of the KGB, because we're hearing rumours of this coming out of Moscow, that someone is claiming that we have got possession of a nuke. Is it, it, okay, how about this? For Gazi, is it true? If we had a nuke, that would be really nice. She smiles. So I'm going to assume you have it. Mm -hmm. um, We've got plenty of things, but even that is a little bit beyond us. I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I don't know about that, but all right, let's say that you don't. You've got to mm -hmm. do damage control. It means that you and I have to be one step ahead of them. Now, Jacoby has some kind of fascination with Dagon. I don't understand it. Um, but we need to stay one step ahead and just, uh, just, 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 I'll give you the information. You do damage control. Uh, I think that, uh, they're hiding some other stuff and I'll just keep passing artifacts to you, get them appraised, sell them. Yeah. There's, right? there has been a lot of, um, deep one jewelry and gold that has been filtering through the, uh, the grand bazaar. Well, uh, we've known that for, we've known that for some time. Um, Someone seems to be buying a lot of it up, but this again, it's somewhat of an irrelevance to us. We're, we're not massively concerned about that. No, here, and I throw her the artifact. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, she takes it. I can pass this on to um, to uh, Samus for you that, if you want me to, or do you want me to keep hold of it for a bit? Keep hold of it for a little bit. Um, I think there may be some connection. I mean, it's it's Probably some collector would like it, I'm sure. There's mm -hmm. no magical value, I don't think. No, it's a, it's a trinket. She she rolls it over in her hands. It looks like a typical bartering piece. They've made this for probably for paying off a human. Yeah, for the villages, I understand. Um, mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to do... They're asleep, so I'm going to do a sweep of their rooms just to look through their stuff. Don't worry, I'm very stealthy. I have a 75 in stealth. <laughs> she smiles. So, uh, we, we can probably wind up there then and then have you going back to the apartment. Yes, we'll wind up there. Okay, in which case, when you get there, then there'll be something that happens when you go through the door, but we'll bring in everyone in on that. Okay. Time for headphones. <laughs> We're back, we're back, we're back.
Yeah, you good? I hear someone uh, just making sure the stragglers are getting um, getting them on. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. No worries. <laughs> uh, so I thought that might be a uh, an in depth conversation. I was right. It's fine. So, I was like, we got to keep going. Yeah. Right. Um, in which case, then, this is about, given the length of that conversation time, I'm going to say about one or two in the morning. Um, that anyone that's on the ground floor might hear the door open, um, and then a car will pull up, um, door will open, car will drive off. Um, the front door <laughs> opens. But as the front door opens, the phone that's out in the hallway on the ground floor, um, that the communal phone, not attached to any one of the apartments, rings. Um, I, who's on the ground floor? I, I imagine I am. Uh, yeah, you're, you're literally just I, coming through the front door. So. Pick it up, pick it up. I'm ground floor, but I, don't, I might be passed out hardcore. I don't know if I would wake up from anything. I am. You, you, you hear it ring. It's uh, not. Um, you're not. Too, you're not too out of it that you're completely, completely out. I'm. If I'm. If I've just walked through the door, I'm gonna approach the phone, mm -hmm. pick it up, and say, uh, "Combs." And there's a brief pause on the other end. As far as we can tell, this is a secure line. Um, you'll recognise the voice because it's Miriam Coach. All right, Miss Coach. Yeah. Oh. Um, I've had a discussion with Aigu. Um, she's happy for you to come in now because they. Um, she thinks if anyone's been watching you, they would have think that you've gone to sleep by now. So that hopefully we can get this done and get you cloaked and we can finally have a discussion about what's going on. Tonight? If you're able, yes. Um, um, half, it'll take you approximately half an hour to get to uh, Bearsit Square. Uh, the book bazaar is not very far from there. Uh, you'll find the store um, just labelled antique books. I'm going to slam on the table trying to get people up and out. I say, <laughs> we'll... we'll uh, <laughs> and I say, uh, we'll meet you there. We'll be there in about 45 minutes. Okay, we'll be prepared. Uh, the door, uh, obviously the place will look like it's closed. Uh, we'll leave the door unlocked. Please come through and then head up the stairs on the left up to the um, up to the middle floor. It's a three-floor building. Um, I will then guide you through to meet Aigu there. All right. Uh, I I don't say goodbye. I simply just hang up. Okay. Um, I then say, Bottomless Dolphin, get down here. We're leaving. I thought we weren't in the dream world. Thought we're not. I'm just getting you all up. Let's go. Alright. I, I wish I was. I would have a headache. Practically speaking, are we really going to hear you on the second and third floors? I'm going up and down the, the stairs, banging on your goddamn <laughs> door. on our doors, yeah. <laughs> Alright. So we get up. Or I get up. For Eamon, as you're saying, oh, well, I can't wish I was in dream. Uh, just as you're uh, go leaning up from your bed, Maybe it's a trick of the light. Maybe it's maybe it's not. But chair in the corner of the room, figure in yellow, just sits there and nods her head. Who sees this? <laughs> no, it's just just for just for Eamon. And like, 
shake my head or whatever, like and look at it again or whatever, right? Yeah, it's probably just a curtain that was dangling there that looked a little bit odd. Well, why do I have yellow curtains? That's stupid. Why do I change <laughs> those? Different shades of brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm packing as always. Gun, knife. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, medical smokes. Got it. We're, we're good to go. And mm-hmm. I. Yeah, yeah, I immediately pull, you know, Summerton and LeBeau, and I say, uh, we're being cloaked now. So. Ian comes out into the hallway, dressed to the nines, fresh press shirt, <laughs> adjusting his hat, his uh, cufflinks, ready to go. Even at two in the morning. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, more like this, and I think I'm not thinking. <laughs> yeah. More. Your time may even be around your head. Yeah. It's going to take us at least 35, 40 minutes to get there, so we got to go. We got to go. Um, so, yeah, I hail a taxi. Let's get going. Yep. Uh, so, you're not far off the main roads through uh, Bailu, so you can easily, easily get a taxi. Uh, probably a couple to get all of you in. Yeah. Um, and you then make your way across town. Bear in mind, it is this late. Pretty much the only people around are those coming out of nightclubs or coming out of um, out of late night parties at various uh, private residences. The streets are pretty quiet and pretty dead. Um, apart from, say, your taxi going back and forth trying to pick up people that want to go somewhere in the middle of the night. And you are dropped off at Bayezid Square, uh, which is where, where the Istanbul University is, where Coach works. Not very far from there, um, you end up going down an alley, is the entrance into the Book Bazaar, part of the wider district where you have things like the Spice Bazaar, the Grand Bazaar. This is one of the more compartmentalised sections. Um, it opens up into a large square where there's a statue in the middle of the, uh, middle of the area of a, um, a man in fine regalia. Um, those of you that have been in Istanbul might recognise the, uh, the name escapes you off the top of your head. But you remember that he is, well, he was someone that was involved in one of the first printing presses in Turkey. So hence someone that would be uh, obviously revered in the book bazaar. Um, this is also a bit um, more relevant for when the shops are open during the day. It's unlike any other of the bazaar stalls or the, in this case permanent shops that are here, that haggling is somewhat encouraged everywhere else. The price on the book is the price. No one haggles here. But that's, uh, that's a would be more relevant for, um, for if the place was open during the day. At the minute, there's just black sky overhead. There's no lights. Everywhere is pretty much dead. Over in one corner, to the far left, there is a store that just reads across the top, Antique Bookstore. Um, the lights are off. It's got a glass frontage, and that's the store that uh, Combs was directed to. So I will uh, push open the door and just kind of hold it for everybody. I'll go in the back. Okay. All right. Yep. I mean, and you said to the left we need to go. Is that right? Yep. Uh, Steve? Staircase to the left. All right. So we start up the stairs. Okay. Sidearm ready. 
Okay. In which case, there is a nice wide staircase. It actually seems a little unusually wide. It's about four times the width of a normal staircase that goes almost all up the, completely the side of the building and goes up onto the next, uh, onto the next floor. Um, the ground floor, there's plenty of normal titles, plenty of um, books here that would adorn the likes of student um, bookshelves across the university over. Um, upstairs, it's a bit more, um, let's say a bit more higher price tag. Um, you've got and literally antique books here, some very rare stuff, um, exclusive bindings. Uh, a lot of the stuff here is in um, glass cabinets. Um, that's all around the outs, um, the outs, outer wall. Um, there's no freestanding bookcases like there are downstairs, like in a regular bookstore. Um, but there are plenty of chairs, um, reading tables, uh, desk lamps, um, all covered with a nice felt top. Again, it feels very much like this is this is the pricier end of the store. Um, at the back wall, so as you've gone up the staircase to your right. So the front of the bookstore is now to your left. Um, you see uh, Miriam stood there by what looks to be a set of curtains that go across one wall. Um, she just does a quick, you can see she's doing a quick head count. There's a little bit of light coming in through the window off the windows off to your left, but otherwise the room is completely shrouded in darkness. Um, she nods between all of you as um, presume eventually everyone goes up. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, in which case, she nods. Right. Um, I think we're ready to to begin. A couple of ground rules that Igu has asked me to um, to impart to yourself. I'm going to lead you through, and she just gestures to the curtain behind her. I'm going to lead you through into a room behind here. There is another room beyond that, where Igu is waiting. It is completely pitch black. No one brings a light source. I repeat, no light enters that room. This is for my safety as well as yours and Igu's. If that's a deal breaker, I want to know now because otherwise you have to stay outside. Hold on. I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm trying to remember if I'm afraid of the dark. <laughs> Oh, nah, in combination with other stuff. Okay, so I'm just, I'm just like, really, seriously, all right. Yeah, I'm I'm serious. The, trust me, you. If the dark isn't a problem. The dark hides what your mind won't be able to take. Hmm. Okay. So if I have a flashlight, I'm just going to set it on the ground. Yeah. Cigarette lighters. Yep. So yeah, if you have those, please leave them here. Obviously, you're willing to. You're quite happy to take them when you leave. Then uh, I put my my pack of smokes with lighter down as well. I think that's the only light source I have. If you've got a mag light or anything like that, small mag light. Yeah, I'll put my pen light and my lighter in there. Who's gonna be the crazy one that brings it? <laughs> oh, I probably have a pen light. Oh, mm -hmm. for looking down people's throats and stuff, <laughs> looking up their birth certificates, checking for gills. Yeah. <laughs> I right. guess we're ready. Let's do this. All right. Um, she turns and pulls open the curtain to reveal a door behind it. Um, opens the door and pushes it inwards. Um, 
it's now pretty it's very dark in the interior here um so there is still some light coming through from the windows that catches this far um, you can see a table um, a circular table a couple of stools around it um, a large crystal ball and what looks to be um, a couple of tarot decks which are laid out um, otherwise the the exterior walls here are all covered in tapestries floor to ceiling. Um, they're not of anything particularly um, particularly occult-ish in significance, but the tapestries um, depict what you presume to be moments of history in Istanbul. Um, one of them, for Jacobi, as you've done research on this, does depict the burning of the uh, the burning of the um, the observatory. Yes, I was thinking astronomy, but that's not the word. But yes, the light, um, the observatory. Um, coach walks inside, goes around to the other side of the table, and then pulls aside one of the tapestries, and there is another door behind that. And she waits for everyone to come inside. Oh, I go. Should we close the door behind us, the first door? Yep. Uh, the last, she says, the last person in, please close the doors, door behind you. Um, link hands if you wish it might make it easier for you but you're going to be coming through and she points towards the other the, the other interior door you're going through this door okay. so keep an eye on where this is because you're going to be in dark very soon All right. Over with. Yeah. Um, yeah. which case then the door the last person through shuts the door and second door opens it is pitch black so you are feeling around somewhat with your foot, um, some with your hands as you go on through. The room that you go into, you think from the way the sound echoes, not, not much echoes, but they say this, how the sound moves in here. It feels like a room that's roughly comparable in size to the room you were just in, um, but minus a table and minus any crystal ball. Um, the first one of you, let's say through the door, um, your foot does catch something on the floor. Um, that as you uh, as you move inside, um, it feels like a almost like a slab or a tile, but about probably a couple of inches thick on the floor. Um, you also brush past what thinks that something like a stick uh, rising out of the ground or rising from one of the points of this tile on the floor. Um, you're all sort of shuffling round to get all of you in the room. Um, you then hear um, Miriam keeps the door open behind you and just says, I believe they're all here. And a female voice responds from the far corner of the room. I believe they are, yes. Welcome everyone to our, um, to our humble bookshop. There is a limitation on what I'm about to do, unfortunately. Um, I would like four, I understand there are seven of you? Yes. Right. I would Six. like four. One, yes. two, three, four. Oh, three, yeah. um, I would like four of you to remain here for the first performing of this rite, because I can only, we can, there can only be five of us in the room at any one time up to five. So if four would like to remain, please decide amongst yourselves who is staying and then I'll ask the other three to please step out, um, please step into the adjoining room with Miriam for a short while. 
I'll go in. I'll go. Okay, so we've got Jacoby, Summerton. Wait, are they going to staying with her or leaving? I'm, we're going forward into the room. Yeah. I'll go as well. I'll stay out. Fine. Careful. Actually, I'll go out. I'm out. out. I'll stay out. So is it Natalia, Eamon, and Jacoby? Uh, no, it's, I thought it was... Uh, no. Oh. Who who so who all is going? Who Natalia, Jacoby, going and in. Raise your hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, easy, easy way. Raise your hand if you're going in. <laughs> no one wants to. Okay. So it's ah! three and so it's three I'm, and three. I'm good. I'm. I'll go in. I'll go all in. Right. I mean, I'm, there there are seven of us. There are seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I okay. I I mistakenly forgot Mick over here in the, in the bottom of my screen. Mm-hmm. Um, Mick's got a toothache. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Ian, me, and uh, I'm just going to grab Robert. <laughs> Against his will. Come with us. Hold my hand. <laughs> okay, so make doubly certain then. Jacoby, LeBeau, and Summerton. You're the first three going in, yes? Yeah. The others are waiting outside. Yep. Okay. Um, in which case, then the door shuts. Um, you can hear um, the woman on the other side, presumably um, Igu. She's moving around very confidently, very quickly, almost as if the, the dark doesn't, it's not an issue for her. Um, you can feel these gentle hands being placed upon your, um, being placed upon your upper arms and uh, then her saying, if you'd like to take one couple of, st- uh, couple of steps to your right, and basically she's helping to get you in position. Okay. Um, you stand on what f- your feet will feel to be the point of this large slab that goes there, that seems to fill most of the room. Um, given the way that it's shaped, you think it's the point of a five-point star. Okay. Hence, why she said that there can only be five of us in the room at any one point. You are, you are um, being positioned at each point of, a, um, of, of the star. Okay. Um, she then proceeds um, to go to another point herself and says, um, I'm sure that Miriam has already said, no lights. I'd also recommend you close your eyes. There are some things that the poor human mind was not designed to see and remain intact. Um, Think of a scientist using fissionable material there is obviously safety involved here. There are safety precautions that have to be taken. This is very much the same, but on a more esoteric level. We take precautions when we are dealing with hazardous materials, but the good that can come from this outweighs any risks. Do I make myself clear? All right. Yes. Then please close your eyes. She begins to, for all intents and purposes, chant. Um, the language, for those of you that have got Turkish, it seems maybe partially a tongue that's partially related to it, but definitely older. And there's a good degree of concentration that goes in um, that goes into her verse. I'll now need some rolls from people.
Right, this takes a couple of minutes for her to warm up. But it's not something that happens instantaneously. But as she does so, you can see the room has a certain degree of ambient noise. Um, you can hear each of um, those around you breathing. You can hear the, um, those around you moving and shuffling on the spot. But it seems almost as if the walls start to get further away. The, the echo in here takes a little bit longer to build and space itself seems to become larger, although the darkness perhaps more oppressive around you. After maybe a minute, two minutes of her chanting, in the middle of the area that you occupy, that, you, that you've circled around, you can hear what almost sounds like paper rustling. A sound that starts to gradually build, and maybe not paper, but maybe almost metal wire scratching and screeching over itself. And then each one of you um, in turn feels a very slight and swift cut. Um, some of you feel it on the palms, on the palms of your hands. Some of it, uh, some of you feel it on your cheek. Um, I'll leave it to you to um, to decide whereabouts it manifests on you. But you have a very small cut, maybe only um, half a centimeter long. Um, enough to drop. Enough to draw blood. A, drop a blood. single drop of blood. Yes, a very precise cut. And then. Could I have a pal roll from each of you, please? Pass. I did not pass. Okay. 92. Okay, so I'm guessing that's say two fails. And what degree of success did Jacoby get? I got 51 out of 60. So okay, so just, just regular then. Okay, uh, I need to do some bookkeeping at this point. So they opened their eyes and I just opened one eye. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, if, if, if they open an eye, they take a D10, D100 sound check. I didn't open any. <laughs> Our cuts were actually deeper. <laughs> we seem to be losing a lot more than one drop of blood for some reason. All over my expensive suit. Right. Um, as soon as that cut happens, you feel this almost like a wave of air blow over you, as if something big moved in front of you, almost like a um, like a ripple in water, but a ripple in the air. And that sound in the middle of the uh, the area that you're stood in just disappears. It stops, and you're left in silence. Apart from Igu breathing a little bit heavier in the corner of the room. You can send the next the next four in, please. All right. So we... Do we out. step out of the, uh, the pentacle or whatever? Yeah. Indeed, it is a pentacle, yes. Um, she, in fact, directs you back towards the door. She fumbles with the handle 
and then opens it up and then just uh, well, gestures but verbally invites the other uh, the other four in all right i sort of as as sullivan walks by me o'sullivan walks by i say you're gonna get cut just don't open your eyes <laughs> i have my knife ready yeah Summerton actually has a cut on his cheek. There's probably a little, it's probably welt with red. Uh, great. Good thing my blood's not thinner or anything. <laughs> he says with... Alcohol is a thinner. <laughs> no, <that's laughs> Alcohol is a blood thinner. I know, that's what, that's what he... <laughs> So like, you're going to make, you're going to make Dale off drunk. This is where it's going, right? <laughs> He just looks at yeah, Summerton's cheek and goes in. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Okay. Um, it's without rinsing through the whole thing again. It is pretty much exactly the same thing that happens with the rest of you four. Um, you're positioned um, on one point of the pentacle. Um, you hear the sound. Uh, well, it seems like the room becomes bigger. The sound manifests in the center of the room, and then there is a very quick slice. Uh, can I then have a power roll from each of you, please? Really wanted to open my eyes, but I'm not gonna do it, man. Oh, I thought about rolling pow just to see if I can fight to not open. My eyes. Uh, normal success. A normal success for me as well. Failure for me. Was that a normal from Natalia? No failure. Oh, failure from Natalia. Sorry. And last one then will be Postgate. Hard pass. Hey, hard. All right. Right. In which case, say there is the slice, the sound rapidly retracts and then just stops. And again, um, Idle seems very drained and very tired. Um, She stumbles off the uh, off the pentacle and goes to the uh, main room uh, the main door opens it up and then says uh, to everyone so in fact Miriam can hear uh, you can turn the lights on now we're done um, Miriam flicks a switch um, there is an instant moment of ah, pain as the bright light filters, uh, filters into what was otherwise a pretty much completely black room um, you're in the room now with the tarot decks, the crystal ball, and such. Um, Eigel is a lady, obviously of lo- um, sort of local um, local birth. Looks maybe in her early thirties, moder- uh, moderately attractive. Her hair's um, slicked back over her head. She's got a nice band. Um, she's also wearing two very um, stylish, completely pitch black sunglasses. Um, two pairs. <laughs> yeah, well, well, one either side of me. Um, I'll ask for a spot hidden roll when the lights come up regarding her. All right. Dang it. I... Um, I got 30 out of 75, so that's a hard. Okay. I, I've also failed. <laughs> Rain hands up. Hands up if you got a hard. Okay. You're the only person making a sanity check, please. <laughs> Hooray. Success equals failure. 
<laughs> uh, I got 87 out of 60. Ooh. I failed. Okay. Um, 1d3, please. Come on. Where are you? There you are. Uh, one. Okay, so it shakes you a little bit, but say nothing particularly too substantial. Um, you're stood uh, off to one side as she comes through the door. So as you turn to see her, you get almost like a sideways glance of her. Um, and you can see underneath those particularly thick sunglasses where there are just scarred pits where eye, uh, where eye sockets would be. She has no eyes. Ah, uh, she's blind. Okay. But she's moving like she isn't. She's moving like she can see perfectly well. She's Daredevil. <laughs> She's Palm Wadib. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no blue, blow, uh, blue glow in there. But... No, I meant Palm Wadib after his eyes get burned out. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, or she, she comes in and looks, um, looks between you and gestures to the stools that go around the, uh, go around the table. It's safe at least for a little while. Um, it seems some of you were a little, uh, little harder to work on than others. Uh, but please, please sit down. We, we've got a fair amount to discuss. So is our soul gone now, or are we still safe there? She looks at you a little quizzically, raising an eyebrow. Uh, soul is a very debatable concept of whether it exists or not. <laughs> um, that's, that, again, is a discussion for another time. No. Uh, the, what we've done, as I'm sure Miriam has, uh, has explained to you, is that Dale has removed you from being able to be sensed going forward from this point on. No one can divine your part of the time stream. So that if anyone was to try and spy on you to find out where you were going, who you're going to speak with, when are you going to do this, that or the other, for a varying degree of time, um, she looks between a number of you. Um, I think we're, we're probably going to, if we do this again, we'll have to do this again in another week. I think a lot of you will say we're rather hard to, um, to work on. So the the cloak won't last forever. It has to be replenished. And it's uh, quite a costly endeavor to do in, in bulk like this, but needs must. Where do you want to start? We don't know anything. Start from the beginning. What's going on? Okay. Well, um, I'm Eigel, um, as formal, formal introductions, I think, are in order here. Um, I go de, uh, de Manji. Uh, I have been a resident of Istanbul for a very long time now, and I have seen various groups come and go. Uh, one such group that was here for a very long time, the um, the Brotherhood of the Skin, um, a very very deplorable group, um, depraved, evil, one might even say, um, worshipped a being that, thankfully, for whatever reason, um, turned its back on them. And the group went into decline, and about 
a year or so ago, they disappeared. It freed the city to, from a great weight was lifted from its shoulders and that the likes of myself could finally move a bit more out in the open. Um, you know, I've, I've wandered the world several times over. I've gone looking for information and knowledge wherever I can find it, but ultimately always, always come home again. And when they disappeared, I decided to look to the future to see what's, what was coming, what's, what was happening to our city. And it's not that the stars are right. It's not that there is some global catastrophe coming, but there is a nuclear apocalypse. The hand, the hand of man will destroy civilization in, a, in all out war. So I've recruited people around me, say gestures again to Miriam, and to uh, one, of our, one of our members of staff here that looks after the bookstore. Um, friend, um, you, you'll meet uh, Burak probably later. He's sleeping at the moment upstairs. Um, so he looks after the shop all day. We couldn't keep him up all night as well. The poor guy only has, we can't burn the candle at both ends. Um, we gathered people together to try and at least make an arc, make a, a place where some of humanity would survive when, when, the, when the shit hits the fan, because it's coming. Uh, Miriam here was a dreamer before I'd, even, um, before I'd even heard that there were other dreamers in town. Um, Burak, he was studying at the university. He was looking at divinations, uh, divinatory practices used in the old world. Um, it wasn't difficult to convince him to come on board. And also, um, poor departed Herzit, our seer. He was our diviner alongside myself. He was a very talented um, astrologer. He was a very talented man indeed. Um, see, we, I'm assuming you know what happened to um, to Herzit. He was assassinated outside the university. Yes, yeah, and we've been in hiding ever since because we are certain that someone out there has either the same skills as us and that can look to the future or some other gift that effectively replicates the same effect that they can foresee what we do. So now we're a stalemate. We can't see them. They can't see us. We know they're out there still. Well, we're assuming they're out there. We, like I say, this is a, think of it as a different cold war being, being fought under the surface. Uh, and we, we have no idea who our opposition is. I have a question for you. She uh, knows. We've, we've come under the understanding that uh, Daleth reveals to you the probabilities of things. Is the uh, nuclear apocalypse a probability or is it an absolute? It's a variable factor. We've seen that it's coming but the time changes whether it just gets further back or whether it gets brought forward. But in all instances, it happens. But time is very fluid. One thing can change, then one day it might be 10 years from now. 
something else happens and it might be tomorrow. And you mentioned you're, uh, you're creating a kind of an arc, a safe place. Um, how many people are you saving? As many as we can. Uh, we've provisioned for 4,000 at the moment. I know it's not much, but it's something. How do you and get them there? Sorry. That, that's part of our, part of our problem. Um, and where unfortunately will be uh, somewhat drastic means. Uh, there's a reason why Daleoth is called the Render of the Veils. Uh, we will be calling upon Daleoth to open a gateway to the Dreamlands, a physical gateway where people will be able to walk, the, the refugees will be able to walk through. Um, we intend on doing this somewhere fairly open and somewhere that would cause the least amount of uh, collateral damage in case anything went wrong. I mean, we, I know what I'm doing. I've been doing this for so long now. It's become second nature, but even so I want to try and minimize the risk to people. But also then if we, if we open a gate in somewhere that's a not remote enough area so that no one can get through it, it stops a stampede and it means that we can help control the number of people that go through. Um, we've, we've got a number of places that we're looking at, but I think the number one candidate at the minute is the Bosphorus Bridge um, that opened in November. Mm. Um, crossing east and west, it's the point where the continents meet, geography meets, and it's somewhere that there, there is a footbridge that goes over, um, the footpath that goes over there. We can regulate the number of people that go across the bridge, and then it makes it easier to close that gate when we've reached maximum capacity. I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you keep speaking to us as if you were uh, much older than what you appear. You you appear about thirty years old. Uh, how much could you have done in the last few years? Well, this has taken, like I say, some time. Uh, one of Daeloth's gifts is to stop one's clock, shall we say? You um, don't age. She how, nods. How old are you in years, then? Rude to ask a woman that. <laughs> she uh, she turns to uh, to Eamon and nods. Um, <laughs> and in this case, I think it's um, an acceptable question. Um, I'm 415 years old. Dang. To look like that, it's 400. Whoa. I go. No caffeine, no smoking. That's a good help. <laughs> oh, I'm out. Uh, <laughs> I go. I. You believe that this group, this opposition, uh, you believe that they have divination powers, correct? We're assuming that that's the case. Uh, they took out the Brotherhood of the Skin in, from what we can tell, a night with precision accuracy. Unless they'd been planning that and that they just so happened to have the perfect set of circumstances all lined up in their favour, it had to be that they knew what, the, what was going to happen. That's the only explanation we can come up with. So, question nine. Um, you don't think that there's any connection between um, the Brotherhood and the Skin or the, the, the Black Brotherhood um, and this nuclear apocalypse. She raises an eyebrow, Black Brotherhood? 
uh, it is an organization of terrorists that align themselves with fringe organizations. Um, she shakes her head. I've, I've not come across them, so I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, From what we understand, in our own research, the Brotherhood of the Skin has been in decline since the 1920s, 1930s. Yeah, she um, nods. That, that would correlate to my experience. I'm a biologist. Animals go extinct. Uh, they don't usually go extinct overnight, but people suddenly notice that they aren't around anymore. You, you, you're saying that this Brotherhood of the Skin dis disappeared overnight, but they were already in decline. Maybe the last one just kicked they, the bucket. They didn't disappear. They died. They were murdered. Yeah, they, they were report. There were there was a rush of murders that happened over the course of one night. And I'm just saying that these can become exaggerated. We're trying to work out what the truth is here, and it's. <laughs> I'm not sure I believe any of this that you've just told me, but uh, I'm willing to suspend disbelief. No, that's you. You're quite entitled. I mean, this is a, uh, let's say somewhat um, unbelievable set of circumstances, but to be perfectly honest, the crystal ball and the tarot cards really throw me off. Oh, she, she she kind of waves her hand over them. Uh, I perform some divinatory services for members of the public. This is just mundane accoutrements, but there are ways that obviously the divinations that Daleoth can give us can provide more specific answers. If I can prepare ahead for some of our more higher paying clientele, I can't perform those rites here with a crystal ball and with some cards, but I can make it at least look good for them and make it uh, palatable for them that they would accept what I'm doing here rather than take them through into the next room and potentially put them in contact with a god. I go, you have to have some kind of lead on these people or, or at least a direction that you can point us in. It's uh, my belief that uh, a fringe organization is uh, I wouldn't say behind the nuclear apocalypse, but they are influencing. Um, she, she just shakes her head. This is like this is a stumbling block we've had for a year, and why we've been in hiding for so long. That the problem being to to go out there and find any information would mean that when we found it, they would potentially be obviously the people we're looking for. They would know that we have found it and that would put us in immediate danger. We've already lost one of our own. We're not prepared to lose any more. It's just too dangerous for us to do the legwork. Hmm. I can see Somerton's mouth moving, but I can't hear sound. We, 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 he's got that problem. We've noticed it before. Ah, okay. He just can't hear you. He's mute. He's beyond words <laughs> no mm. how about um, have you seen anything that would lead you to believe how this all starts we believe that it's a catastrophic 
fallout, that it's something that when it happens, it happens quick. But beyond the specific, uh, it's almost as if the, the spark is the thing that changes. Like I said, it's time being fluid. One thing could set it off tomorrow. Another thing could set it off in 10 years time. All that we know is that it will eventually happen. Mm. That this is when you, unfortunately, the future is not set. This is where we, time is a very fickle being. So we don't know if we have a week or a year. Yep, yeah, she she not. It could be now. It could, like I say, a week, a year. We just need to get that. No, we just need to get the citadel sorted as quick as we can. And Miriam here has been working flat out to do that. And the citadel is what you're calling the Ark. Yes. Yeah. It's it's a building that will be able to protect those inside it. I mean, time does run somewhat differently in the in the dreamlands. And we need to have somewhere that can hold enough people and be able to protect them from some of its more um, indigenous um, creatures. We've been there. They can't just be outside the fortress. They have to be inside secure. Oh, they can be outside if they want, but they run the risk of getting picked off by anything that's out there. Thankfully, this part of the Dreamlands is fairly, fairly quiet. There's not much of a threat out there in terms of like the indigenous wildlife. But further, further afield, then you start running into all sorts of problems. I do. Memora, uh, uh, Miriam has mm-hmm. told us that Daleth has revealed that we are the ones most likely to kill her. What does that mean? Um, she looks between you. Um, again, this comes down to probability that. Let's say that your average member of the intelligence services or someone that has touched, let's say, the occult underground is presented with someone who says, or that you you find evidence to the fact that this person worships a being, a trans-dimensional or hyper-dimensional being, that can manipulate time, that can see through time and manipulate, potentially manipulate the future. And that is maybe what you could term as a member of a cult. She um, does inverted commas in the air. What would their first reaction be? That's That's why. Well, We have definitely noticed that some rather strange things are going on here in Constantinople, in Istanbul. And we are not all unfamiliar with these odd things. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here right Mm -hmm. now. So what I'm going to say, I want you to be honest with us. And uh, it might have a direct relationship with what you're telling us. What do you know about the lady in yellow? Um, You can see that um, Igel and Miriam uh, look at each other. Um, Miriam raises an eyebrow slightly. Um, Igel just then defers to her and she turns to you, addresses you all as a group and says well I, 
I do know of a lady in yellow. Her name's Helena. But I look at everybody and I go, age. And on that note, I think we'll call it. (laughs) 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 All right. Our players included Jeff Wilkins, Bill Mize, Lucas Glasshauer, Nick Swan, Wayne Worthy, Thomas McKeon, and myself with Matthew Sanderson as the Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently providing, uh, we're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like, if you'd like to become a patron of our show, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We love hearing from you. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming. Good gaming.